You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Everybody shout, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's really all about our God. It's not about the people that you see on stage. It's not about the teams that you see serving you. It's not even about me. Not even about Brother Bo, but it's all about Jesus. He's our healer. He's our provider. He's our encourager. And today we, we just join our hearts to thank Him for the ways that He has blessed us this week. How many of you were blessed this week in spite of everything that you went through? You felt the Lord blessing you? You know, this is my first time to serve after two weeks. I had a sabbatical for two weeks because we, we got hit by COVID, me and my family. But you know, we don't focus on the sickness. We focus on the healing that took place. And we're grateful that God heals, God restores. So I don't know if somebody's here and you're, you're sick, you're dealing with some stuff. I want you to be encouraged today to know that God knows what you're going through. And God has a solution to your deepest problems. Shout amen if you believe that. Amen. We're so glad to be alive today. Anyway, can we see the hands of all the first-timers joining us right now? All the first-timers. Come on, first-timers. Pat them in the back. Welcome to this community. Everybody say, welcome home. Hallelujah. After the session is done, we want our first-timers to please connect with us. We have a, a first-timers ministry where we group you together. We want to meet you. We want to greet you. And we want to give you a special gift. So it's going to be here somewhere. Just look for it. We'll have banners. And our servants are going to greet you, okay? But we got some special VIPs in the house of God today because there is a group of people that came all the way from, the, from Laguna. Feast Light Laguna. Raise your hand if you're here. There they are. They're celebrating their eight-year anniversary under the leadership of Brother Robert. And, uh, you know, we're so blessed. We, we got so many people who are our arms and feet not just here in Manila, but they're extending the reach of the Lord to different places and different barangays. So thank you so much. Can we give a clap offering for all these feast-like planters serving the Lord with so much humility and passion? Thank you, guys. If you want to sign up to be a planter, plant a feast near you. You don't have to preach. You just have to gather people, organize a venue, and then play the video of us preaching here. And then minister to them. Because the feast is not just about the preacher, you know, delivering the message. It's about people loving one another. It's about journeying with people. Because we're not the ones who can change people. It's God who will change you. And by journeying with people, that's how we encounter the love of the Lord. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. We're going to have fun today. Um, specifically because, well, today, on this day, is actually my birthday. <laughs> So, but I'm not alone. I'm sure that there are other August birthday celebrants here. We got Ryan Nabus, our events council head right here, serving with us. Any August celebrants, please raise your hand. Yeah! 
Come on. All the good people. Raise your hand. Keep your hands lifted up. We want to pray for you. This is your month. Keep your hands up. If you're beside somebody celebrating their birthday, please just extend it to them. You don't have to physically touch them, but know that this intention that you're sending to them, this is, this is divine. This is, this is sent from heaven. So, Father in heaven, we believe that the power that courses through our hands right now is energy coming from you. It's strength from you. It's power from you. And we extend this, Lord, with every intention, praying for abundance, blessing, healing, provision, purpose, every good gift that can only come from heaven above. We want you, Lord, to just flood their life with so much blessings that they won't know what to do with it except to share it with the people around them. Whatever the season of their life they find themselves in, Father, walk with them. Be their God. Be ever so close in their time of need and let them know that you love them so much. Make this month so special so that people will know that they walk as a blessed woman and as a blessed man. Thank you, Jesus, for how you will, you will give an encounter to them like no other. We declare a future like no other, that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's clap our hands for all our August celebrants. Happy birthday. Oh, God is good. God is good. This is a family. I don't know if you feel it, but anyway, you're, you're probably expecting another preacher to join me, and I'm sure that some of our, 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 our first-timers would love to see Brother Bo, but it's my birthday, and so Brother Bo asked me to preach the whole message, if that's okay. Is that okay? <laughs> All right. So can I invite you now? We do this together as a family every Sunday where we declare God's abundance over our life. Can we all signify the greatest symbol of love as we come? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come on, stretch your hands up in the air like you just don't care. And say this with me, today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today I open myself to God's Word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. Shout it out! And because I am blessed, blessed in the world, Can I invite you, all those joining us online, by the way, you're very much part of, of what we're doing here. So can I invite you to stand up to give reverence and honor to the Lord's message today. Everybody lift your hands as we all sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my We're on talk eight today, and I know that just in case you need to leave right after I give you the big message, you're already going to be blessed because the message today is just, whew, this ministered to me deeply this weekend. Just because I can't reach everybody in this big, big hall, can I ask you to preach it to the person beside you? 
the, the two good-looking people beside you. Is that okay? Can you preach this message right now? I want you to tell them, the Lord is with you. Come on, preach that message. The Lord is with you. Everybody shout it out. The Lord is with me. That sounds so good. Amen? Before I open the Word, I'm going to do it during the talk so that you can relax and you can sit down. But right now, can I just invite you to just close your eyes, bow down your heads, and know that Jesus is here. Father, this is your Word. It's immovable. It's immutable. It's unshakable. It will not change. And there's a promise here today that you are going to speak in the life of your child. Whatever that message is, may it pierce through their hearts, through bone and marrow, through flesh and bones, and let it speak to them in a powerful way, but more so in a personal way. There are some people who are hurting right now, God. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally, I ask that you would speak to them. Use the Holy Spirit to convert this message. Make it travel across the distances and let it speak to them in the season of their life. Thank you. Even now, Lord, we just glorify you in advance knowing that you will minister to us. Thank you. And we join our hearts to praise you, to love you, and to be used by you. All of this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, everybody lift up your hands. Let's sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give the Lord a big hand, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. On your way down to your seat, touch your neighbor one more time and say, The Lord is with you. Amen. And also with you. I can already feel the Spirit of the Lord here today. One more time, everybody say, The Lord is with me. So this message today, you know, we're going to, we're almost at the finish line of the book of Genesis. How many of you were blessed by our series, Blessing and Curse? Were you blessed? I'm praying that you were blessed, especially also if you're online type. I'm blessed if, you, if this has been blessing you. But, you know, today we're going to talk about an Old Testament character. And some of you might probably know this guy already. He's pretty famous. And his name is, uh, it's a very common name. His name is Joseph. Joseph. Very common name. In fact, is there anybody here named Joseph. Come on, let's see how common Joseph is. Anybody, anybody? Come on, I, won't not, I will not call you on stage. There's somebody there, another Joseph there. Joseph is a rather, you know, common name. <coughs> in English, call it Joseph. But in Filipino, Joseph. Joseph! It's a very common name. And in the Bible, you know, you got St. Joseph in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, there is this one guy. You probably know him with this nickname. He's called the Dreamer. You know, just like you guys are also dreamers when you're in the office. 
daydreamers. Anybody, any daydreamers here? So Joseph is a very famous guy. And you know, a quick, quick trivia about Joseph. Joseph was the youngest son of Jacob. Remember how we're studying the family of, of Jacob? Jacob had 12 sons. Can you imagine that? Kami, dalawa, dalawa pa lang. Grabe na yung ano namin effort. Imagine 12 children. But during this time, <coughs> excuse me, can I ask our prod, Louis? Yoo-hoo, Louis. <laughs> Pahingi naman ng tubig, bro. Okay, just gotta get my composure because I feel a little bit of cough coming. Thank you. Everybody say thank you, Louis. Okay, tumatawa. Ah, ikaw si Louis. Thank you, Louis. Inom lang ako, ha? So, Joseph was the youngest child of Jacob, and they had 12 siblings altogether. And you know how it is in families? You know, Filipinos would probably know this, that when the youngest is often the favorite. Lahat ng mga bunso, taas ang kamay. Ah, di ba? Agree ba kayo? Kayo ang paborito? Paboritong utusan? Paboritong pagtripan? Yan ang bunso eh. Ako, bunso ako. We're a family of three. And usually, the reason why I think paborito ang bunso is because of this. When you're a parent and you have your first child, normally in your, with your first child, you know, you're very OC. You want to perfect parenting. You want to be so controlling. You want to make sure that you get this right. But when the second kid comes, you're a little more, you know, relaxed, laid back. You know, you know that, okay lang eh. But normally, when you get to your third kid onwards, that's when you just let go. Basta humihinga, okay na. As long as the kid is breathing and there's no blood, then that's fine. That's why sometimes it's the bunso. When, when there's more than, more than two, it's the bunso that, that feels like, but hindi kasing strict si daddy at si mommy sa akin. Kasi sawa na sila. Sawa na sila magalit. Ganyan yung naranasan ko eh. They were so tired of just disciplining the first two that when it came to me, ah, oh, that's it. So, you know, Joseph was the favorite. And the Bible says this. In fact, the author does something very interesting in Genesis chapter 37. By the way, if you have your physical Bibles, especially if you're home, I want you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. This is how the author of Genesis describes Joseph. See, si Joseph. Sabe, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. So because of this, the brothers hated him. You know, in life, there is such a thing called generational curse or generational sin. How many of you have ever come across that term? You know that? It's, it's sins passed on from one generation to the next. It's a dysfunction that you pass on to your siblings, to your children, your children's children. That's why, you know, if you're not careful, history will repeat itself if you don't break that curse. And in this moment, the author is telling us that there is a generational dysfunction in the family of Abraham. What is that dysfunction? It's called favoritism. Everybody say favoritism. Favoritism. All the way from Abraham. What did Abraham do? Abraham favored Isaac over Ishmael. And then we see that Isaac did the same thing. 
Isaac favored Esau over Jacob. And now we see that Jacob is doing the same exact thing, favoring Joseph over his 11 siblings. You know, as a parent, as a parent, I've come to know this, that the worst thing that you can do to your children is to play favorites. How many parents agree with me? Say amen. It's the worst thing. In fact, the easiest thing that you can do to make your child lose their self-confidence is to love them lesser and make them feel like they're lesser than the other siblings that they have. I was asking my wife one time, I said, so sino ang paborito mo anak dun sa ating dalawang anak? We have two children, by the way. And I was kind of, you know, secretly hoping she would say, eh, syempre, ikaw. Because sometimes I act like a child. <laughs> but no, she didn't say that. She said, no, I love them equally. You know, they have equal... They, they, they receive equal of my love. Knocks. Good answer, right? Pang beauty queen. But you know, that's correct. Because every parent, the challenge is when you've got children, is you need to love them without partiality. There's no preference. I know a family who does this. The, they, they, they testified about it. I don't even remember who they are, but I remember hearing about this. And she said, you know, growing up, Brother Audie, we grew up as though we felt like our parents loved us equally. And I said, why? And she said, because every birthday, whether it's my sister's birthday or my brother's birthday, we all receive gifts. Sabi ko, hindi ba magastos yun? trabaho na magulang mo? Sabi no, 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 nothing like that. You, they didn't have to give us expensive gifts if it wasn't our birthday, but just to receive something in a package, to open it. How amazing is that? that the parents just equally distributed their love so that every child felt like they were equally loved. And you know, in the book of Matthew, it talks about God's love. And I love this. It says that in that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven for He gives His sunlight to both the evil and the good and He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. When God sees you, He doesn't look at you based on your sins. God sees you as His wonderful creation. Can you look at the person beside you? Doesn't that person look like a special child of God? Special child of God, right? I mean, we are all uniquely made, but we are all equally loved. You cannot say that you're more loved than than, than the other person beside you. Amen? So God loves you just as much as He loves every sinner here in this place. But back to Joseph, okay? Back to Joseph. This made his brothers hate him so much. And you know what? In fact, we know this, that without a doubt, Jacob preferred Joseph. Why? Because in verse 4, it says that one day, Jacob gave a special gift for Joseph. What was it? A beautiful robe. When you look at the, watch the play of Joseph the Dreamer, that's the rainbow-colored coat, right? The multicolored tunic. So the brothers knew that Joseph was preferred. And to make things just a little more interesting, you know, Joseph is just so naive. Because to add insult to injury, you know what Joseph does? He, let me read it to you, okay? In verse 5, it says that one night, Joseph had a dream because he, he's a dreamer. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. And he said, verse 6, Listen to this dream, he says. 
we were out in the field tying up bundles of grain and then suddenly my bundles stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. And so his brothers responded, so you think, Joseph, that you will be our king? Do you? Do you actually think that you will reign over us? And then here's the word. They, ha- they actually hated him more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. I don't know what Joseph's problem was. Maybe call it innocence. Maybe he was just being naive. But here's what I believe. I believe that Joseph had very poor timing. Very poor timing. Why do I say that? Did you know that there's a timing whenever you share your blessings to people? There's a certain sensitivity that you sh- when you share your blessings to people. Like for example, you cannot talk about being blessed with your seventh child to somebody who's still struggling having one kid. I mean, that's sensitivity. You can't talk about you know, building your fifth business to somebody who just lost their job. Unless you want to hire them in the company, then that's, that's good advice. In fact, here is very sound advice. When you feel compelled to share your blessing to people, like a dream that God planted in your heart, here's the intention. Have every intention of also sharing that blessing with people. In other words, when you share your blessing with people, have every intention to bring them to the top with you, to enjoy your success, and not just leave them at the bottom, because if you're leaving them at the bottom, you know what you're doing? You're just bragging. There's a very thin line between blessing and bragging, and as Christ followers, you know what we need to do? We don't just run our own races and finish our own races. We help people also finish their race. So you serve people. Can you tell the person beside you, be sensitive to others. Be sensitive. Don't just, you know, it's good to post it on social media. But if your intention is just to attract attention, my friend, that's called bragging. That's not blessing. So be very careful about your intention. And, you know, the brothers hated Joseph all the more because of this. And you know what they did? They wanted to kill him. In verse 20, they says, come on. Let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father. A wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Doesn't this remind you of another story in the Bible? This author is so brilliant that there's so many connections in the book of Genesis. This points us all the way back to Cain and Abel. Cain wanted to kill Abel. Why? Because he felt the favor of the Lord was upon Abel. The brothers felt the favor of Jacob upon Joseph. And so they said, come, let's kill him. But then in verse 21, you're going to be blessed by this. It says, but when Reuben, Reuben was the eldest, when he heard of their schemes, he came to Joseph's rescue and he said, let's not kill him. He said, why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into the empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he will die without our laying our our hand on him. And Reuben was actually secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. Aren't you glad that there are still compassionate people around you? In a world that's full of evil, there are compassionate friends that you have. When people want to destroy you, people want to rescue you. How many of you have compassionate people around you? You're blessed by God. And then it says here in verse 23, so when Joseph arrived, here's what they did. His brothers ripped off that beautiful Armani robe he was wearing. And then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. 
Potiphar was captain of the palace garden. So this begins the story of Joseph becoming a slave. Some of you know this story already. He was exiled to Egypt. But here's an interesting, interesting trivia, by the way. Bible nerds will love this. Did you know that when the author wrote this, this story in particular, he was writing it during the Babylonian exile? I'm sure that it's not very interesting for all of you. But for Bible nerds, they'd love this. But let me preach this. This was written at the time when they were exiled from their hometown. Imagine living in Jerusalem, having the time of your life, and then all of a sudden they get conquered by Babylon. And now they got to leave their place. They saw some of their relatives killed. They saw their temple destroyed and burned, and now they're living as slaves. Now, why is this important? It's because, remember, we're looking through the lens of the author. That's what we're learning, right? We're asking the question to the author, what was the purpose? Everybody say purpose. What was the purpose of the author? What did he want his readers to know? Would you like to know what the author wanted his readers to know during this time? Three people want to know. Okay, to the three people who want to know, here's the reason why. He wanted to ask one of the most important questions that was hanging in the heads of, of the Jews. You know what that question was? Lord, why me? Why me? Lord, I, I've been serving you. I've been worshiping you. I've been offering in the temple. Why did you allow me to be exiled? Lord, why me? I love you. I follow you. Why did you allow me to get cancer? I've been giving to your church, to your community for years, and I've trusted you with my finances. But why is my business struggling? You get it? In fact, if you stretch that question even further, you can ask this question that a lot of people have asked. Why do bad things happen to good people? Have you ever asked that question? Why do bad things happen to good people? I mean, if this were Adam... Or, or, or Eve, or Noah, or, or Abraham, or Isaac, or Jacob, or Esau, we would understand that because they did something wrong, you know, they, they deserve the consequences after all. But Joseph is a good man. He's a straight-A student. Why do bad things have to happen to good people? Would you like to know why? Tell your neighbor right now, get ready to be blessed. Get ready to be blessed because this one is just so good. In verse 39, the author says this. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. It doesn't look like you got it. Let me say it again. It says that the Lord was with Joseph, so he prospered. Come on, clap your hands. But just in case you're just clapping your hands because I told you to, let me just preach this. This is a message for somebody who feels like they're in exile right now. And no, you don't have to be exiled to a different place for you to understand this. You don't have to be exiled from your family or from your job to understand this because all it takes is for you to feel like you're not happy with where you are right now or you're not happy with what you've got. You're not happy with who you've become because the message today is so good 
that I want you to know that prosperity doesn't depend on your location. Prosperity doesn't depend on your situation. Prosperity doesn't even depend on your position. You know what it depends on? It depends on your companion. In other words, if the Lord is with you, you will prosper no matter what you do and where you are. Somebody shout, if the Lord is with me, I will prosper. Ain't that good? If the Lord is with me, I don't have to have the, the, the everything that I need. But I can make sure that I've, I will enjoy and I will be grateful for everything that I've got. Because grace-filled people are what? Grateful people. Are there any grace-filled people here in the house of God? Make some noise. Oh, the grateful people. Because if the Lord is with you, I mean, you've got joy. You've got peace. You've got purpose. Even if you've got problems, you've got Jesus with you through those problems. So if the Lord is with you, you will prosper no matter where you are and what you do. And I wish that was the only message that I could give to you today. That's not the only good news because the other good news is this. Is that the reason why God prospers you is so that you can also prosper others too. So that you can, you, well, you know this. God blesses you so you can be a blessing to others too. And that's exactly what happened in the story. I wanted to read this to you in verse 39, verse 3. You know what happened? It says that his master... Remember that Joseph was a slave. It says that Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. And you know what happened? This pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And in verse 5, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, listen to this, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. Thank you, Jesus. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything that he owned. And with Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Remember how, how, how God promised Abraham, you're going to bless nations. You're going to be a blessing to many nations. In a way, we're seeing that already happen. This is it. Joseph was about to bless the entire nation of Egypt. And next Sunday, we're going to preach about that. But you know, when you really think about the life of Joseph, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. He was experiencing goodness now. But it wasn't easy because after all, you know, life is not easy. How many of you know that? Life is not a straight path. You know, it's not linear. If some of you think that success is just one straight road, you will be utterly disappointed because life is not a straight road. You know what life is? Life is more like Kenon Road. Who among you know what Kenon Road looks like? Before you reach the beautiful mountains of Baguio, you got to go through one of the most dangerous and hazardous roads in the country. Imagine, beautiful road, beautiful scenic routine. You get distracted, you fall off the cliff. That's what, how life is. Life is going good until you hit a, an obstacle. You think that now you're experiencing remission and all of a sudden the sickness comes back in full force. Just when you think that you're experiencing abundance, all of a sudden your business is crashed. Just when you think you're headed towards the next level of that relationship and all of a sudden you break up. 
How many of you know that life doesn't come in a straight line? Why is that? Because sometimes before you can get to the best part, you got to go through the hard parts. Before you can get to the lightest part of the day, you got to go through the darkest part of your life. That's what Joseph was experiencing. I, I recently met somebody and, and, and discovered that he was able to kick his habit of vaping and smoking. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. But if I tell you how he did it, you might not want to do the same thing. You know how he did it? He got COVID. I told you. He got COVID. He realized that because of COVID, he couldn't breathe as much. His chest hurt. But then it was a blessing. Sometimes before you can get to the, to the best parts of your life, you got to go through the hard parts. Some of you want the strength, but you need to go through the struggle before you get the strength. Some of you want the triumph, but you know you got to go through the tests first. Some of you want to be called champions already, but you don't want to go through challenges. It's the hardest parts of your life that will get you to your best parts. Clap your hands if you believe that. Life is not easy. It wasn't easy for Joseph. In fact, you know what happened to Joseph? Because sometimes in Kenon Road, if you're not careful, what happens? There are landslides. And so you got to take detours, take a different, longer route. And that's what happened to Joseph. He was already experiencing abundance, but what happened? The wife of Potiphar, the master of the house, suddenly developed a crush on Joseph. So what did she do? She seduced Joseph. She invited Joseph to sleep with her. But you knew that Joseph was with the Lord. Why? Because he knew that that was just a curse disguised as a blessing. When you're with God, you know when. It's actually a curse just disguised as a blessing, as a good thing. And so you know what Joseph did? He said no. But it hurt her pride. You know what she did? She, she accused him of rape. And because Potiphar believed his wife, he was thrown back into prison. So guess what? Joseph is back in the place where he started. You could be doing so good in life and then all it takes is just one backslide. You could be doing so good, getting rid of that addiction and all it takes is just one temptation and you're back where you started with. It's hard, my friends. But know this, that when Joseph was in prison, I love this part of the story. When Joseph was in prison, there were two other people who were there. The Pharaoh's baker and the Pharaoh's cupbearer. And they were there. And they had a dream. Both of them had a dream. But thank God that Joseph was in the same place because he's a master of dreams. So Joseph interpreted their dreams separately. Okay, he told the dream of the baker, told the dream of the cupbearer. And they were so amazed at Joseph that you know what? The cupbearer said, I'm never going to forget you. I'm never going to forget you. I'll tell the Pharaoh all about you. But you know what happened? When he got out of prison, eventually both of them, the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. Because sometimes when you're in the top, you forget the people who, who journeyed with you to the top. That's a reality that we, 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 we go through. But after two years, get this, God did not allow that Joseph would be forgotten. I want to say this to somebody. God has not forgotten you. God hasn't forgotten you. Can you touch your neighbor and say, God hasn't forgotten you? He hasn't. Because after two years, my friend, the Pharaoh had a dream. Two dreams, actually. And he was looking for somebody to interpret his dream. And the cupbearer suddenly remembered, I know a guy 
who could interpret dreams. And he said, he's in prison. So what did the Pharaoh do? He pulled Joseph out of prison and Joseph interpreted the dream. He said that your first dream, it's about having seven years of fruitfulness in the land of Egypt. But your second dream, it's about having seven years of famine in the land of Egypt. So what you need to do is you need to stock up during the seven years of fruitfulness. So when the seven years of famine comes, you're more than prepared. And you know what the Pharaoh did? The, fa the Pharaoh loved Joseph so much that he actually made Joseph the governor of Egypt. The next in line in the position of Joseph was already the Pharaoh. Now check this out. Everybody say, I'm listening. Joseph never applied for that promotion. Joseph never even submitted a resume for that, for that position. But God mentioned his name to the Pharaoh who eventually gave him that promotion. Now what am I trying to say? I want to declare over the life of somebody here today that because God hasn't forgotten about you, God will mention your name to somebody who will take you to the next level. That's the good news today. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's going to mention your name to somebody who will take you to that next level of growth, that next level of promotion. Can we all stand? Shout amen if this is blessing you. Yeah. You know, while Joseph was in prison, we all know how Joseph is. He, he was so faithful to the Lord even until the end. And while Joseph was in prison, there was something so significant about his stay in the prison and I'll read it to you it says that in verse 19 this story is all about Potiphar finding about you know how Joseph supposedly disinformation raped his wife and in verse 19 it says that Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her so he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held and then he, there he remained and then verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Now before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries. Why? Because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and cost everything he did to succeed. The Lord was with Joseph. You know the craziest thing about this story? The prison warden loved Joseph so much that he actually made him in charge of all the other prisoners. I mean, how crazy is that? This is Joseph. Hated, rejected, abused, misused, and just completely reused again and again. I mean, if I was Joseph, if you were Joseph, I mean, we would probably have rebelled against the Lord already. We would have already questioned the Lord. We would have already walked away from Jesus. But at no point in this whole story of Joseph did it ever mention that his trust was removed from, from the Lord. Adversity was not enough to destroy him. Not even prosperity was enough to ruin him.
And I don't know. I'm sure that some of you can probably relate to Joseph, but let me just say this already. You and I are the same with Joseph in the sense that we didn't choose the crisis that we are in right now. We didn't choose to be in bankruptcy or heartbrokenness or, or sickness. We didn't choose to be under the baggage of problems that we go through. None of us wanted this in the first place. Joseph never wanted to be a slave. He never wanted to go through all of that. But the biggest question right now is not about what you're going through. It's not about how big the problem that you're carrying is. The question is, will you believe that even in that bad place, the Lord is there with you? Will you believe that God is there with you? Because if He is, know for a fact that you will prosper no matter where you are and what you do. Because the Lord is with you. Will you trust that God is there with you? In that prison, in that place of pain. Because you're not meant to stay in that place, my friend. You're not meant to stay in brokenness. You're not meant to stay in bitterness. You're not meant to stay in resentment. God wants you to walk out of that. Some of the places that you think God is sending you to, He's actually just sending you through. It says, even though I walk through, I'm not staying here. I'm just walking through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is with me. His rod and staff guide me. His grace protects me. His love abounds in me. So why need to worry if the Lord is with you? Who can be against you? Put your hand over your chest. Close your eyes. Whatever burdens, baggages, sins, shame that you're carrying right now, I want you to know that Jesus is with you. He doesn't want you to remain in that place, but He wants to walk with you, to move you forward. But I want you to believe right now that no matter how hard the place is, no matter how dark it may be, the Lord will meet you there. He's not just the God of the mountains, but He's also the God of the valley. He's not just the God of your good side, He's the God of your bad side. He's not just the God of your victory, but He's the God of your defeats. The Lord is with you, my friend, wherever you go. And I want you to just declare that right now. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. And because He is with me, I will fear no evil because He is with me. Believe, my friend, that Jesus walks with you. And let's just worship Him in that truth and declare it out loud. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us in our brokenness. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us in our bitterness. Thank you, Jesus, that you meet us in our anger, in our dysfunction, in our limitation, that here in the middle place where we are waiting for our miracle, thank you for being here. Thank you, Jesus, that you will minister to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just fill this place with praise so that the grace would fall in every heart that longs to have life with Jesus. Come on, church. Lift up those hands. Lift up those hands and sing to Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.